BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rage! Sports Rage with Gabe Morency. Rage all you want. I am Renzi, the Pips, the Players, the Hustlers, the people of Boston, and everybody else in between. Countdown to the trade deadline uh, is on uh, right now. Thanks to Jason B. Takafin for joining us earlier in the program. Uh, You know, I'm starting to believe that the Los Angeles Dodgers really are uh, potentially going to get uh, Soto. I think that if Soto... I think the Dodgers, you know, we talked about this with Jason earlier, just about how smart the Dodgers are and everything that they do. And we always talk about this, like in the National Football League. Like, remember when the Bears traded up to get Trubisky? And I actually like Trubisky, but the point is, they didn't need to do it, right? Nobody else was going to take him, and it wasn't like San Francisco was about to take him, right? Like, don't outbid yourself. You know, don't play yourself. Like that, you know, I said that earlier about the Dodgers not outbidding themselves. Like, imagine the Dodgers found out Soto was available All-Star Weekend and said, oh, we'll give you five. Like, show some patience, don't you know what I mean? And, And feel it out and know what other teams are offering. And I don't know how, you know what I mean, you figure out and you know that, you know, how baseball intelligence works. But I think the Dodgers, if the Dodgers knew that, you know what? Soto's going to the Seattle Mariners, or Soto's going to the Texas Rangers. Soto's going to the Yankees. I think they would think, good, whatever. You know what I mean? Whatever. You know what I mean? So what? But I think they, since now they know, you know what? He could end up in San Diego, or he could end up in St. Louis. San Diego's in our division, and they're spending a lot of money trying to catch us. And we seem to play St. Louis every year in the playoffs. Like, if you'll notice, the Dodgers can't escape the Cardinals. They're always playing the Cardinals, right? They played them last year. They're always playing the Cardinals. <laughs> you know what I mean? The Dodgers play the Cardinals, like, every two years in the playoffs. Like, the same teams make the playoffs in the National League all the time. So, you know, the Dodgers, the Braves, and uh, and the Cardinals, and the Brewers. It's like a mainstay. The Brewers get bounced in the first round. The Cardinals win the World Series every couple of years. Right? Like, there's, there's a pattern to this. So, I think the Dodgers, now that the Dodgers know that, hey, 
San Diego and St. Louis are both rivals of ours, and they're in the mix to get Soto. Let's just, like, let's spoil the party. Let's do it, right? As opposed to coming in early. Now, I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but the Dodgers have better prospects than everybody does. So if they want to make it happen, they can make it happen. So it's just as simple as that. Do they want to make it happen? Nobody's really talking about them, like, all that much. The national media is, but there's not like there's a major buzz that all the Dodgers are about to do something big uh, here. The Dodgers thinking could be they don't need to do something massive, right? Um, Considering how dominant they are as it is uh, right now. Not to mention, they have to pay Trey Turner, who's going to be getting paid a lot of money. And not to mention, you know, and it's already, it has been confirmed, the Dodgers are hot to trot for Otani. It's level three. This is Portrait. I am Gabriel Morenzi. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people of Boston, and everybody else in between. I got to tell you, man, I feel like uh, it's the countdown to Christmas right now or something. And we're, we're waiting to find out what's in the box, Mom. <laughs> right? There's a box under the tree. What's in the box? Where's Juan Soto going? Right? Is it going to be Dodger fans? Are going to like the, uh, the, the, the summer gift? Is it going to be San Diego fans that like the summer gift? Is it going to be St. Louis? Is it going to be an outlier? Maybe Toronto comes slides in the back door on this? I've told you guys a million times, people, and nobody's talking about the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, when it comes to Juan Soto, the Blue Jays have the wherewithal to do this. The Blue Jays have the money, and the Blue Jays have the prospects. It's a dangerous combination. Do they Are they ready to pull the trigger here? There's going to be a, a flurry of activity uh, coming up. Right, and there's more to the market uh, than just uh, Juan Soto right now. The San Francisco Giant players are very, very intriguing. A lot of people believe that uh, Montas is going to end up in the Bronx with the New York Yankees. You know, the New York Mets, considering Uncle Steve, as they call him, um, the New York Mets with their owner, who is the richest individual owner in baseball, right? The Toronto Blue Jays are the richest team in baseball that's not discussed very much but the Toronto Blue Jays are the richest team in baseball but they're owned by a corporation that is publicly traded so they they don't operate with just sort of one man there's a board that needs to approve all major purchases uh, like if you want to sign like you know when when they the Jays want to sign George Springer it's not like it's just like the baseball department like oh yeah the GM and you know he actually has to go to a board of directors of a company <laughs> and tell them listen this is the plan and this is why we want to spend this much money on this player the Mets don't have that. Cohen's just an individual hedge fund guy that's uh, the richest man in, you know, one of the richest men in America. So, if you'll notice, though, yeah, he gave Max Scherzer money, but that wasn't, like, crazy. Scherzer's a good pitcher. He hasn't done anything crazy yet. He hasn't done anything super aggressive yet. New York Mets fans are waiting. They want a Christmas present. They want a summer Christmas present. All I know is that Justin Verlander, plus 155 right now, plus 155 is a strong play to win the American League Cy Young. Ian Cameron, A.K. Babano, next. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. 
Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The late night anger match will class continues. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Morenzi. Sunday, bloody Sunday. We're now just 25 days away from the start of the college of football season. NFL preseason starts uh, this Thursday. The countdown continues. Let's bring in Ian Cameron, a.k.a. Babano, to break it all down. How you doing tonight, Babano? I'm good to, be, good to be with you, Gabe, and as always, uh, you know, lots going on, and I hope everybody that's gotten ready for football season has done the work. I hope you're not cramming for the exam at the last minute. Hopefully everyone's prepared and ready because it's here. Uh, 25 days to, uh, to kick off as far as college football is concerned. The Alabama Crimson Tide are favorites at uh, plus 180 to zero value with Alabama. Um, at that price, Ohio State are three to one. Ohio State are a very dangerous football team, but it's hard to argue there's any value at three to one with the Buckeyes. The Georgia Bulldogs, similar situation, lost a ton of talent. They are plus 350. Then you get the Clemson Tigers at uh, eight to one right now at FanDuel. And we've got a lot of college football guests on the program already. And not one of them does not believe that Clemson are going to be in the mix for the national championship uh, this year. People um, wrote Clemson off uh, last year after the slow start, uh, but they put it together. They won their final six football games of the season. They have a manageable schedule. Coming in at 8-1, to one, you can argue there is value with the Clemson Tigers. What are your thoughts on the Clemson Tigers coming into the year? Uh, the Clemson Tigers on defense are going to be outstanding. To me, there's not much doubt in my mind about that. I think they're absolutely low. This could be a Clemson defense that you remember a couple of years ago, they had that defensive line that just sent all of those uh, great players to the NFL off that group. Uh, that defensive line going into this season could be nearly as good. That's how much I think that group could be really be good up front, get pressure, stop the run. They're going to be a load for opposing offenses and opposing quarterbacks to deal with. The secondary's got talent. If you listened, and I did, I heard something that Dabo Sweeney said during the ACC media days last week. He believes in DJ, uh, DJ Uyunglele. He is saying that DJ's come into camp ready, uh, ext- prepared extremely hard, knows it wasn't it wasn't a great season for him uh, based on what was expected, uh, and considering you know how great he played two years ago. You know, in the Notre Dame game, among other examples, that's the big question mark. Is DJ Uyunglele, who Dabo Sweeney's committed to him, he's going to be the guy. And he's probably going to be given a lot of rope to uh, maneuver if he struggles. Like, this is going to be someone that Dabo's committed to. If he plays well at the quarterback spot, even just good, Clemson's going to be a tough team to beat. I think Clemson and NC State 
Gabe going into the season are the two best teams in the ACC. But Clemson's right there. If the quarterback play improves, they can win the ACC. They're back in the playoff. Well, he is the fourth choice to win the Heisman. So it's not like um, the odds makers haven't written him off. Uh, you know, he comes in at 25 to one, and you could argue there's value there. Um, after the after the big three, C.J. Stroud at plus 200, Bryce Young at four to one, Caleb Williams uh, checks in right now at six to one, and then D.J. at 25 to one. We told you guys to take Will Anderson when he was 40 to one. Now he's 30 to one, and we haven't played a game yet. So wait till we start playing games. Um, if you if you want to jump in on this, Will Anderson, because all these quarterbacks are going to cannibalize each other, and the voters are due to 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 give it to a defensive player. And we we have Heisman voters on the program, and every one of them talks about Will Anderson coming into this year. Put it this way, guys: Will Anderson right now is thirty to one to win the uh, the Heisman Trophy. Yet he's also a legitimate candidate to be the number one pick in a National Football League draft. The the numbers and the reality don't really meet uh, here. Great value on Will Anderson at 30 to one. You mentioned NC State. Uh, people are high on NC State. They're a trendy team, uh, Babano. But people are high on NC State every year, and they're a trendy team every year, <laughs> and they're NC State. Um, you've got Miami and Van Dyke right now at the quarterback uh, position. So there is, you know, there are a couple of teams to beat uh, if if you are Clemson. Uh, but with that being stated, I don't see how they don't win uh, this conference. And they're actually minus 155 uh, to win the ACC right now. Yeah, I mean, and don't sleep on Miami because Tyler Van Dyke's a very good quarterback. Uh, we'll see how it, things go with uh, uh, Mario Cristobal and his new look uh, attitude here with, you know, t- t- doing away with the turnover chain. They're you know, another maybe. program, Abano, that they have to prove it. Like every yeah. year it's the same thing. Miami this, Miami that. We've made a lot of money over uh, the past couple of years, actually, taking Miami Hurricane totals to the under. Last year we won like like basically four weeks in. There he lost. They lost so many games early uh, that we already won the bet. But I get it, Babano. People are hyping up the Miami Hurricanes because they want them to be good. It doesn't yep. mean they will be good. But I do like the move of getting rid of the turnover chain. I will. I will admit that. I think this, you talk about the totals with Miami. See, this year I'm looking to bet the opposite. Uh, with Miami games. I'm looking for overs with them because I do like the offense. You know, I, I do think on the defensive side of the football, look, it was clearly an issue last year. It was, a, it was a, you know, Manny Diaz could never really get that. I'm not talking about, control. I'm not talking about game totals, but bad. I'm talking about season win totals. Every year, Miami are overhyped and we win. I'm not talking about the game totals uh, in their, in their games. And, and the odds makers have caught on to this. They were 10 and a half, nine and a half, 10. Like they've been overhyped the last couple of years, Miami. Yep. This year, they're only eight and a half, which is kind of then I can, you can actually make an argument for the over to win nine out of 12 games isn't asking too much. They can get to nine. Uh, that's not a win total I ended up going with, but uh, I think Miami on offense led by Van Dyke, the O-line is in good shape. They've got skill position weapons. It's going to be how quickly and how much improvement and how much of a jump will we see in them on the defensive side. But I think eight and a half, you're right. You're not getting that win total up where it was prior to last season. So as a result, there's there's a chance this is a nine and three football team, but I think it's going to be eight or nine. I think it's going to be right around that number. So that's why I ended up staying off that win total with the Hurricanes. For me, guys, you know what I mean? Just for me, generally, guys, it's it's under or nothing with the Hurricanes. I don't buy into these programs um, that are hyped every year and haven't won uh, forever. Um, and their schedule is tough, right? So, I, you know what, Babano? Put it this way. That would be a major disappointment 
if they were just an eight and four football team. But I can see that happening. If you look at the last month of the season, Florida State against Miami, Florida. Uh, they're at Georgia Tech, then they're at Clemson, they host Pittsburgh. Another thing is, too, another um, another money-making, money-making play over the years, quite frankly, has been betting against the Hurricanes at home. Um, they're not a very good home team. And, um, you know, we'll see. But like we said, guys, their quarterback this year, some people think could be a top-10 pick in a National Football League draft in Tyler Van Dyke. But I'll tell you, Babano, I like the Clemson Tigers to win this conference. Minus 155 right now at FanDuel. I think it's a good play. I'll lay the price. Clemson Tigers win the ACC. Yeah, I think for me, it's Clemson or NC State. I'm actually surprised NC State is 8-1 to one, uh, and Miami's only 5-1 to one because I honestly think NC State's better on both sides of the football. Uh, well, Miami offense will be good, and Devin Leary, if he's healthy, uh, he's going to be a dark horse for the Heisman, if, in my opinion, Leary. He's not going to win it, but I think there's some value on him uh, to win the Heisman. I think he's going to have a great year. Uh, they've got a terrific, experienced O-line. They've got skill position weapons to work with. Uh, the defense for NC State was very good last year. I expect it to be good again and better than Miami's, or at least, least less question marks, I think, with the Wolfpack defense for me coming into this season compared to the Hurricanes. So to me, it's a Clemson and NC State battle. In this conference, I want to mention another team in the ACC. I wanted to ask you, uh, Babano, when was the last time NC State won uh, won the ACC? It, it's been a long while. <laughs> yeah, do you know how? Do you know how long of a while? <laughs> uh, please let me know. And I know it's been a while. <laughs> yeah, 1979. Yeah, Nin- 1979. So, like I said, that that's why it's last year was as close as they've come <laughs> doing so, but. How many? But then again, you you can also counter that and say, well, you missed the opportunity with Clemson being, you know, probably the worst. And Clemson didn't. Well, Clemson didn't have a horrible season last year, but for Clemson standards, they were down a little bit last year, and NC State couldn't capitalize on that. So now we expect Clemson's defense to be elite, and I think they will be. We expect DJ's. He can only play better. He can't play worse. So did NC State miss their opportunity last year? That is a legit question. NC State are a good program. You know what I mean? And they are, listen, I like betting on them. You're right, they can cover numbers. And they're always that dangerous team. They've played Clemson tough over the years. I don't know, they're almost like the Chargers, former NC State quarterback, Phillip Rivers. They're heavily hyped. We talked about it the other night. I said, yeah, they're heavily hyped. Let's, you know, let's, let's see them actually do it. More with a battle on the other side. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and... Producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. 
Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Available now wherever you get your podcasts. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Night Anger Man for class. Sunday, bloody Sunday. This is Sports Rage. I am Arancy. We're breaking it down with Ian Cameron, a.k.a. Babano, Sirius XM Channel 159, the Muddy or 1090, ESPN Radio, the 50,000 watt uh, juggernaut. Shout out to all of our AM radio affiliates. We're talking college football uh, right now, 25 days away from kickoff. We talked about the ACC, so let's um, let's talk about the American Athletic uh, Conference right now. Uh, but I've been talking about the Houston Cougars a little bit um, last week, and I was telling people how I really like the makeup of this football team coming into this year. They lost the season opener last year, and you know they were up by like 21 points on Texas Tech. They blew a massive halftime lead, then they rattled off 11 straight wins. And then they lost to Cincinnati in the conference championship game. And then they beat Auburn in a bowl game. They had 12 team, uh, you know, 12 win team uh, last year. They have a ton of pieces back, including their quarterback in Clayton Toon. They have a manageable schedule. They don't play Cincinnati and they don't play Central Florida uh, in, in the regular season. Their win total is eight and a half, but I think even better, Babano, than the, than the eight and a half. A very attractive. Plus 250 to win the conference. Uh, UCF is plus 210. Cincinnati Bearcats are plus 230. Houston Cougars plus 250. SMU 8 to 1. Memphis 12 to 1. What's your take on this conference, Babano? I don't hate the Houston pick. I'm sticking with Cincinnati, though, to win this conference, even with the losses in the secondary. And people are saying, uh, we know Sauce Gardner and Kobe Bryant, and we know those they great. They lost a lot, Babano, not just in the secondary. They're quarterback, they're running back, they they're did. DBs. No question about that. At the end of the day, though, I, I think Luke Fickle has recruited as well. He not, not I think he has recruited extremely well, and they did recruit extremely well once again going into this season. A terrific class. Maybe early in the season there are some growing pains, but I think they'll work those out. And the quarterback that's taking over is no stiff or no uh, rookie. He's Ben Bryant. He is a guy that actually was with Cincinnati years ago, transferred out when Desmond Ritter got the job. Went to Eastern Michigan. I thought played as well as you could ask for, for, you know, a mid-tier, middling Mac school. And now is back here in Cincinnati where he once started. So he knows the system. He's got a solid arm. Yeah, it's a different type of quarterback than Ritter was. But I I think Cincinnati is good in the trenches is what I like. Their O-line still going to be very solid. Their defensive line brings back nearly everyone. It's the secondary where the losses are felt for the Bearcats. But I think as the season goes on, maybe early, there's some growing pains. But I think they're going to get strong again once conference season begins. And if it comes down to Cincinnati-Houston again for the AAC championship game, um, I take Cincinnati and I take Luke Fickle and their recruiting class and their uh, talent over Houston. And Clayton Toons, to, to me, still has some proving to do uh, a little bit of the quarterback position. Their defense should be excellent. I'll give you that with the Cougars. Well, they were 12-2 last down, year. Yeah. What do you, how much more proving can he do? Like you want him to be well, 14 I think they won a lot of games. Defense <laughs> was good. I thought there were some games where the offense kind of 
was erratic at times. The passing game in particular, a lot of the offense was running the football they did. So I'd like to see Clayton Toon be more explosive down the field in the passing game. Look, I think it's Cincinnati and Houston. I mean, UCF is there as well, but uh, I'm going to go with Cincinnati, even with what they lost last year. Uh, I know they're obviously going to be a little bit down from last season when they were a college football playoff team, but I still think and especially when you look at roster and what they've recruited and the high recruiting rankings they got, they're still talent-wise the best team in this conference, even though they lack a little experience in some spots. I would argue that the recruiting class would take um, two years, et cetera, to, to have an impact. Um, I think Cincinnati, listen, I can't argue. Listen, you're getting value with whatever team you like because it's, it's it's plus 200 or more. If you like Central Florida, hey, you're getting plus 210. If you like the Bearcats, you're getting plus 230. If you like Houston, you're getting plus 250. What I like about Houston the most is they don't play Cincinnati and they don't play Central Florida. And, you know, everything fell into place for the they Cincinnati Bearcats. They have the best Bearcats. schedule of the top three. There's no doubt. Easiest. Yeah, and you look at the Cincinnati Bearcats, you know, like I said, they got all their games at home uh, last year. And like I, you know, remember I told you last week, Home field doesn't mean anything in the CFL. And look, this week, three of the four uh, games, the road team uh, won. I don't think home field means as much. Home court, home ice means as much. And we all know it doesn't actually. You know, the numbers tell us this, except in college, right? In college sports, home court, home field still does matter. And you look at the Cincinnati Bearcats, uh, very difficult, man. Um, October 22nd, Cincinnati at SMU. October 29th, Cincinnati at UCF. Uh, November the 5th, they host Navy. Um, that's a gauntlet right there, man. Back-to-back road games of a battle at SMU, at UCF. I think that's where Cincinnati uh, will stumble. Uh, but um, it's going to be fun to see how all this plays out. They open up the season against the Arkansas Razorbacks. So, <laughs> they, 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 you, know, you, you know, you talk about wanting to, to be the best. Well, you're going to have to play an SEC team in week one right now. Obviously, that doesn't affect their, the conference standings, but we'll find a lot uh, out about the Bearcats in week one against the Razorbacks. Yeah, there's no question about that. I See, I don't like Cincinnati in week one uh, in that game because that's a tough opponent. That's an Arkansas team I like quite a bit. We know the job Sam Pittman's done there. Um, so I think they're, they're going to struggle in that game and potentially, you know, it was some of the tougher opponents they've got early. But like I say, once AAC season starts, I think you're going to see Cincinnati continue to improve and get better. I'm going to give you two bet on teams in this conference that aren't going to win the conference, but I'm talking ATS. They're going to give you point spread value. I think they're going to be winning point spread teams this year. One is ECU, uh, East Carolina at 25 to one. I think there's a chance they're better than both SMU and Memphis actually this year and the other one that i think is really going to make a big jump it's a team that everything that could go wrong went wrong last year injuries uh they had problems on defense the two-lane green wave are going to make i think one of the biggest improvements this year from last year to this year they were a two-win football team last year i still believe in willie fritz as the head coach there uh michael pratt now i believe third year is the starting quarterback for the two-lane green wave much more experience on the defensive side of the football. And most importantly, you've got to believe they're going to stay much healthier than they were last year when they were just littered with injuries on both sides of the football. So the two-lane green wave, I think, are definitely going to be big-time point spread profit makers this year, in my opinion. And don't look past the fact that they could be like fourth or fifth in this conference. I think the ceiling is that high for two-lane moving into this season. The two-lane <laughs> green wave, the hipster special, the battle. 
Every year, the Tulane, they're always the hipster. Uh, listen, Willie Fritz has had some nice runs, uh, ATS. I remember last year on a weekly basis, Drew Martin would be with us on Thursday nights, college football, and um, he would take Tulane every week. And he would say, you know, I'm telling you guys, this is the best one-in-four team in the country. This is the best one-in-five team in the country. This is the best <laughs> one-in-six team in the country. Lost and a finally, lot of close games, too. They did. Yeah, Drew is he right finally gave up on it. But, no, listen, I get it. Uh, they did have a lot of bad luck injuries uh, last uh, year. For the record, the Cincinnati Bearcats um, in Fayetteville against Arkansas, September the 3rd, 3.30 Eastern time. It's not all that far away right now, guys. Uh, Bearcats get seven points. Arkansas are minus seven in this football game. The total is 54. We've got some big-time games, uh, Babano, on September oh, the 3rd. Wait. Labor yep. Day weekend, including Notre Dame at Ohio State. The Fighting Irish getting 15 and a half against the Buckeyes. It's a lot of points to give Notre Dame. Although, I will say, Babano, I like this other dog more. Like, put it this way. Like, when I look at Notre Dame, Ohio State, I'm like, wow, I'm getting 15 and a half. When I look at the Ducks and the Georgia Bulldogs, I say, I'm taking Oregon. Like, I didn't even hesitate. Like, I see that number, and I'm like, you know what? I'm taking the Ducks. Georgia have lost so many players. I get it. You know what I mean? You want to talk about good recruiting. These guys recruit better than, like, NFL teams do, right, as far as talent, whatever. I get it. They're, they reload. They have superstars. They have future NFL first-round players. But you still lost, like, 15, 20 guys, like the heart and soul of the team. And you lost a defensive coordinator who, oh, yeah, is coach Oregon. any other team. He's going to know the Georgia defensive personnel better than Dan Lanning, right? Yeah, the weaknesses. And even on offense, he'll know, oh, yeah, yeah, Bennett doesn't like this at all. Like, you know what I mean? From practice, he'll know what they don't yep. like a lot. You know what I mean? There's a, there's a lot of insight there. And another thing is, listen, you've got Bo Nix, who sort of hit or miss. Bo Nix could be great or he could be, you know, sort of Bo Nix-ish. But... He's not going to be overwhelmed, Babano. It's not like, oh, we're playing an SEC team here. Bo Nix is coming from the SEC, bro. You know what I mean? He's seen this defense. Like, see, he's not going to be intimidated. To me, dude, I'm just saying, 17 and a half points is a lot of points. It's not last year's Bulldog team. And remember in week one last year, Babano, they won 10-3 against Clemson. It's week one only. It's hard to blow teams out right away. That, that point spread does seem high to me a little bit as well. Uh, I'm with you there. Oregon or pass for me in that game. It seems high uh, when you look at the uh, Georgia situation. And uh, like I said, you, was the NFL draft, it was one Georgia Bulldog getting drafted after another uh, on the defensive side of the football, particularly in the first round. You've got to replace all that. Uh, that's going to take some adjusting to. Uh, and when you look at Oregon, I actually think, you know, I, I like the hire of Lanning. You know, and I don't think this program nearly, I shouldn't say they well, underachieved under Cristobal, but it really fell flat at the end of last year. Uh, with oh, they underachieved, called off for yeah. what it is. The, the success yeah. didn't match the talent. It hasn't yep. matched the talent since Chip Kelly has left. Yep. And Oregon's really good along the offensive line. And that is significant when you're playing. Georgia. They're good on the D line too, actually. Like they've got big time, they've got big time, big time players, big time, um, big time. You know, Knicks can't play behind a mediocre offensive line, but behind a good offensive line, you know, maybe it takes away some of those mistakes because look, pressure that was on him led to some of the mistakes we saw at Auburn. Auburn never really had a great offense. Oh, exactly. He was, he was, he was in a tough spot and pressure. You're right. Pressure as far as on the field and a lot of insane pressure off of it, right? Being in Alabama, playing for the Auburn Tigers. It's much more chill, man. in Eugene, right? It's going to be much more relaxed uh, for him. And he's going to be in a better situation offensively. That's the thing guys. Like the ducks have like top five talent in the country. 
I, I'm not a big Mario Cristobal guy. It's another reason why I don't fully believe in Miami. I, I, I don't. I, you know what I mean, it's, I've always been baffled as to why the Ducks can't get a better coach. But I like you. I do like this uh, landing higher. More with Babano on the other side. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms. And producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Continues. This is Fortridge. I am Maratsu. We're breaking it down with Ian Cameron, A.K. Babanos. The countdown to kickoff continues. National Football League preseason kicks off on Thursday. We'll really get into that on Wednesday night uh, with uh, with Ian. Um, but as far as college football is concerned, we're 25 days away right now, and we were talking about some of these big point spreads on September the third, Labor Day uh, weekend. Uh, Notre Dame Fighting Irish getting 15 and a half uh, points. In Columbus against the Ohio State uh, Buckeyes. That game is on Saturday night, as is um, the Ducks. Uh, the Ducks are getting a ton of points uh, against the Georgia Bulldogs, getting 17 and a half points. Uh, but Bano, Cincinnati and Arkansas is at 3.30 Eastern time on that same Saturday afternoon, September the 3rd. And a very big football game that a lot of people are anticipating, uh, the Utah Utes and the Florida Gators. Another game that is on September the third, uh, but a big time game there. Uh, but, you know, with a Utah Ute football team, this is this is big for them. You know, a lot of people think that they're the best team in the Pac-12, uh, Babano. And if they're able to win this football game and then run the table through the Pac-12, the Utah Utes could be in the playoffs. Like if we're talking about long shots to make the playoffs, I think the Utah Utes have to be in a conversation. They, you know, listen, coming into the season, bro, like, look, Phil Steele has them ranked six in his preseason poll. You see them ranked seventh in a lot of polls in between fifth and seventh. So Utah kind of control their own destiny. It'd be a massive win for them to go into Florida and win the season opener like this. They're one and a half point favorites in this game. I really think they've got a real shot. Uh, obviously, and I think they're they can beat Florida. I don't mind Pac-12 versus SEC. I, I I don't give a fig about that. I think Utah is well coached. I think they've got a dual threat quarterback in Cam Rising that was nine and two as a starting quarterback for the Utes when he took over last year. Uh, Tavion Thomas, the running back, is outstanding. He's back. They've got they're stout on in the line of scrimmage in the trenches. They're always strong, and that's going to be more of the same this year. The O line's loaded. The defensive line is strong. They're going to be able to get pressure. I think they can beat Florida. And one of my favorite conference futures without a doubt 
going into this college football season. This is unequivocally with confidence for me. Utah plus 300 to win the Pac-12. I think it's an outstanding price. I'm not buying the USC hype. Uh, I think they're talented, but I don't think they have depth in a lot of positions where if they suffer injuries, that's going to be the downfall, I think, for the Trojans. And this is a team. It's had a lot of injury issues the last few years. And most importantly, look, Utah gets to host USC when they play each other this season. That's significant. They get that game at home uh, against the Trojans, the game that might decide the Pac-12 South division uh, and at the in the end. So I just think Utah, with the coaching of Whittingham, uh, Riley, you know, will do a good job there. And the talent is there for USC. There's no question. They brought in Addison from Pitt, the great receiver. Uh, you know, they've got, of course, Caleb Williams coming to, with uh, Lincoln Riley from Oklahoma to USC to be the new quarterback. But at the end of the day, I think Utah's stronger in the trenches. I think Cam Rising can equal Caleb Williams, if not better him at the quarterback spot. And they get the game against USC at home. Utah, not USC, wins the Pac-12 South. And I think Utah's going to win the conference as well. They'll beat anybody from the North in the title game. I can't argue that it's uh, it's a nice number at plus uh, 300. Look, the USC Trojans are plus 150 right now at FanDuel. Uh, Pac-12 conference uh, winner. USC Trojans plus 150. Utah Utes, 3-1. to one. The Ducks, 3-1. to one. UCLA Bruins, 10-1. to one. And I tell you what, Papano, people are sleeping on the UCLA Bruins a little bit uh, coming into this uh, year. They're loaded offensively. Like, they're going to put up a million points. Everybody's talking about what's going on right now in downtown uh, Los Angeles. Uh, but Chip Kelly has recruited very well. He's got a bunch of returning uh, players, including a, a stud quarterback, a stud running back. UCLA are going to be a play-on team uh, this year. But I can't argue with Beto. Utah Utes, as much as I like the Ducks, plus 17 and a half, I think the Utah Utes are perfectly positioned to win the Pac-12 this year, plus 300. You want to, everybody, everybody wants picks, right? We're here to give picks, right? Uh, you want one of my favorite totals on Saturday, September 3rd in college football? I've already bet it, actually. Bowling Green, UCLA, over 57 and a half. Love that oh, great, play. Great call. Yeah, yeah Love yeah. that play. UCLA will score. Oh, that game, Abana, you're right. That game has like 49, 29 written all over it. Like, they're going to get into the 80s type thing. And Bowling Green's defense is not good. And by the way, they're undermanned anyway against this UCLA offensive line against Dorian Thompson-Robinson and all that UCLA is going to throw at them offensively. But I think Bowling Green's not been a great offensive team the last few years. But at the end of last year, they got better. This is the best, you know, McDonald's back at quarterback. This is the best offensive line Bowling Green's had in the last three years. This is the best offense on paper that the Falcons will have. I think they could punch their way to 10, 14 points. You know, something like that. And that's going to get you over the total while UCLA takes care of the rest. So well, they'll score uh, more than that. Yeah, I, I think they will. And UCLA will take care of the rest. But that total at 57 and a half, it is a total I like quite a bit for uh, the official week one, Saturday, September 3rd. Yeah, that's uh, like Babano said, week one is Labor Day weekend. Uh, they call it uh, the games before week zero. Nebraska at Northwestern coming at you from Ireland. Uh, Nebraska Cornhuskers, 12.5-point favorites against Northwestern in this game. The total is 50.5. The Nevada Wolfpack, uh, Babano, 12.5-point favorites against New Mexico State, the Aggies. And I remember last year, actually, when New Mexico State uh, played Alabama, it was interesting because they asked Coach Saban about playing the Aggies and they were like 47.5-point favorites or whatever it was. And he said, I told my guys, I said, I watched the game tape of New Mexico State. He goes, I'm not just saying this, but he goes, this is one of the most sophisticated passing attacks that we'll see all year. <laughs> so he praised New Mexico State. 
And you know what? They are a dangerous team getting double digits in this spot, especially in week one here, getting 12 and a half. They are. I think New Mexico State, believe it or not, there's going to be some improvement for this football team. You know, I liked what I saw, believe it or not, from the offense at times last year. They just couldn't stop anybody, uh, the New Mexico State Aggies. And I do see some improvements with them. This is more of a bet against Nevada, though, for me, than New Mexico State. I'm already on the home underdog there, New Mexico State. But you talk about total dismantling. You know, obviously, Jay Norvell's gone. Carson Strong is gone at quarterback. It's a complete rebuild. Both sides of the ball, only two returning starters on offense back, only three on defense. You have a brand-new head coach here with uh, Nevada as well. Uh, it's just a total rebuild that's in, in play. And, you know, I think when you look at it, you got a sense of what Nevada could look like when everybody sat out in the bowl game last year and they got drilled uh, in that game. It, it's kind of a starting from scratch. I mean, I'm, I, I probably would think that coming into the year, they're one of the bottom – I would say 20 teams, 25 teams in college football in the country coming into this season. And that is a precipitous drop comparing where Nevada has been the last few years under Jay Norvell and the quarterback Carson Strong. I think they're going to struggle. And I sure as hell on the road in their first game in this rebuild, I sure as hell don't trust them laying double digits. And I think New Mexico State's improved enough they can cover that number. They're still not good, but I think they've got a chance to keep that a very, very close football game. Ian Cameron, A.K. Babano, kicking with us. I am Gable Morancy, Sirius XM Channel 159 on the Sports Grid Radio Networks, the mightier 1090 ESPN Radio, the 50,000-watt juggernaut. We're going into week nine of the CFL. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers remain undefeated. They beat the Calgary Stampeders over the weekend. Up next for them, the Montreal Alouettes. That's Thursday night, 7.30 Eastern time on ESPN+. Plus. Friday night uh, football, Calgary Stampeders against the Ottawa Red Blacks. The Red Blacks get their first win of the season tonight against the Toronto Argonauts. Calgary and Ottawa, this game is also on ESPN+. Plus. Saturday night, 7 o'clock Eastern, the Hamilton Tiger Cats um, are in Toronto against the Toronto Argonauts. The game is on ESPN2. Saturday night, 7 o'clock Eastern, ESPN2. And there's a doubleheader on ESPN2 this Saturday. The Edmonton Elks are in Vancouver to take on the BC Lions. Hard to believe that uh, we're going into week nine, Babano. It is hard to believe we're going into uh, week nine. Uh, it's crazy how quickly the season's gone on. Typical Argo loss. I figured this was just a great spot to bet against them. The two big wins against Saskatchewan. The start of three games in four weeks against the Hamilton Ticats next week. And sure enough, they fall victim to Ottawa. Uh, 23-13, they'll be looking to bounce back. You know what, Ottawa, Ottawa might be looking to back them again on Friday night against Calgary. I know Calgary is going to be upset about losing against Winnipeg for the second time in a row, although it was a back-and-forth game. It could have went either way, but, you know, and it's a short week for Ottawa, but, you know, Calgary only played one night earlier. You know, they played Saturday, Ottawa played Sunday. Calgary's still got to travel west to east, so, you know, it's not the great spot for Calgary, even though they've got the one, they played one day earlier than Ottawa did. I think Ottawa gets a little pep in their step and a little jump from getting that first win against Toronto. I think Caleb Evans slowly but surely, is he great yet at quarterback? No, but he's improved every week. You look from the Hamilton game to the Montreal game to the Toronto game. He's improved, you know, progressively. Uh, and I think against Calgary, look, they're, they're going to be laying points on the road, Calgary. I don't trust them as road favorites. I don't. I might be looking to back the Red Blacks in that game. I ain't stepping in front of Winnipeg, Gabe. I'm not doing it. Uh, I know this is kind of... I, I'm not even going to say the word let down. Winnipeg did, is not yeah, showing any did, letdowns. <laughs> didn't you? Didn't you step? Did you step in front of them? Because I remember earlier in the week where you talking about them being not. in a bad spot, and I said they're they're not. always in a bad spot, and they I never. I couldn't let bet down. against them as a dog. I could. I just couldn't. I couldn't. Can you believe they're underdogs? Come on, dude. Okay, it, it, it's ridiculous. So now what? Caleros is now up to twenty-five and two as a starter right now. Yep. 
it, it's been impressive. And Montreal, look, Montreal lost to Hamilton last week. Uh, you know, the offense sputtered again. That's Montreal, right? A good game, bad game. Up yeah, that's just down. who they are, though, but bad. I'm starting to think that the glass is more half empty than full with this team, <laughs> to be honest with you. The penalties haven't stopped. You know, they're still lacking discipline, even after Kahari Jones got fired. So I'm, I'm not stepping in front of Winnipeg, just not doing it. So I'm leaning Ottawa. Yeah, put it this way, you're right. But look, you get the most disciplined team in the league in Winnipeg against the most undisciplined team in the league in the Montreal Alouettes. Yeah, kind of writes itself. Like? Yeah, exactly. Hamilton, Toronto. Like, I'm not going to be Mr. Homer and just automatically bet Hamilton because you know Toronto's going to play better. And Toronto's first time playing Hamilton since they lost in the East final. I know you're going to get a big effort from the Argos. Will it be enough? Uh, is the question. Uh, Edmonton, BC. I'm actually thinking you're going to get a really big number with Edmonton here, and I. I might take it with Edmonton because they got totally embarrassed by BC in week one. And BC was laying like three and a half or four in that game. And they're probably going to be laying at least eight or nine, I would think. And this, hell, they were laying, they closed as double digit favorites against Hamilton. Could you imagine how many points they're going to be laying against Edmonton here? Yeah, 10 and a half, 11 it's and a half. It's going to be a I big number. And Edmonton off a bye, they cut a bunch of guys, and Cornelius hasn't been terrible. I could see them being an ugly underdog look. I really could, even though BC has been damn impressive. I like the over in that Edmonton BC game as well. All right, Ian Cameron, AK uh, Babano. Uh, Babana will catch up with you on uh, Wednesday night, and it'll be the night uh, before. It'll be um, NFL preseason eve. We've got one game this week, and then the following Thursday, there's a couple of games, and then, like, next weekend type of deal. So not, like, two weekends from now is when, you know, it's a full onslaught. Every team is in action. But this Thursday coming up, uh, we've got the uh, Las Vegas Raiders and the Jacksonville Jaguars in the NFL Hall of Fame uh, game, Babano. And we've been breaking down this game a little bit already. And the total was 33 and a half. And we discussed about how four of the last five Hall of Fame games have gone under. 33 and a half and seven of the last 10. Don't look now, but the betters have uh, already attacked this thing down to 32 and a half right now with FanDuel. Well, keep in mind, too, both of these teams, you look at their court and quarterback rotations, of course, are significant uh, in the preseason. You're going to see a lot of Jake Luton and EJ Perry in the second half for Jacksonville. And EJ Perry's a rookie. He's the fourth quarterback on their rotation and depth chart. And for Las Vegas, you're going to see a lot of Nick Mullins and rookie out of Cal, Chase Garbers, who I often called Chase Garbage at times because he was just so up and down at Cal. So you're going to see a lot of Chase Garbers and E.J. Perry at quarterback for those respective teams, the Jags and the Raiders, on Thursday night in Canton. And you know those rookie quarterbacks. But if you can find one that's a little bit mobile, you know, you might have a little bit of an advantage. And that could be something to uh, look at here with uh, uh, E.J. Perry in particular. He might have a little bit of a mobility to him. Garbers, not so much. But you're going to be looking at rookie quarterbacks probably ending the game for both teams. Ian Cameron, a.k.a. Babano, follow him on Twitter, at the Babano. The late-night anger man from class continues. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. 
See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Countdown to kickoff is on. And how about that, huh? There's been movement. I think it moved, Jerry. I think it moved. Oh, it definitely moved. So as we stated, the uh, the preseason starts on Thursday night in the National Football League. And um, like I, I've said this before, and I, you know, it's funny because I did, uh, somebody in our chat was bitching. Well, you guys talking about college football right now? It's still three weeks away, blah, blah. Yeah, three weeks away. There's like 134 teams to talk about, right? Um, and I, you know, it's like I did. I did a video NFL futures. Um, I don't know, like two months ago or something, six, you know, eight weeks, whatever it was. And like I said, I said if you think it's too early, then you're too late. There's already like all the lines have already moved and everything, like as it is now, right? I love people too that like don't talk about football or anything like that. And then come week one and stuff, they'll all be experts and think they know everything. They couldn't tell you like jack squat about anything. Oh yeah, who's on the team? Who's gone? So, yeah, do you know about the transfer portal? Do you know the new quarter? What? 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 Oh, oh, oh. Today's sports fan. Why do you think there's so many sports books? They're taking these people's money, right? <laughs> sports books love people like that to don't prepare, that don't know anything, and just roll in and think they know it all. Um, you know what? Like, look, Babana was right. Babana was right when he said, like, this is like an exam. We're just getting started on this, actually. We're starting with the A's here. We're going to go through the conferences. I'm going to put together my sort of best, you know. It'll probably be, I don't want to say a top 25, because that'll be too many picks. I don't think I'll have 25 futures. For college, I'm seeing, you know, maybe 7 to 10 NFL, similar situation. And then we'll sort of, you know, We'll we'll pare them down and you know just the best of the best. Other than that, you're on your own. Mate. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio, and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. (laughs) 